0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And good morning, boys and girls. It's good to have you in with us um, this morning as well. Um, parents, it might be a little bit noisier than, than normal, but that's absolutely fine. It's good to have the, the children in with us. And we're going to be a little bit shorter uh, than normal, given uh, that the, the, the children are with us. But this is really for, for all of us, uh, whether we're three or 93, whatever age or stage we're at. This is God's word for, for all of us um, this morning. Let let me pray, and uh, then we'll have a look at this passage together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, the light of the world, our lighthouse, and we pray, please, that through your word this morning, he would shine bright to us, that you would teach all of us, whatever age we are, uh, whatever stage we're at, you would teach us, strengthen us, and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, boys and girls, you you may well have got this uh, worksheet just as you headed in. Um, They're just at the back. If you didn't get one and would like one, they're just at the back there. You can just at any point go back and get one, and there's pencils there at the front. That'll just help you um, uh, to to follow along. But just as we begin, I've got to show you this because I love grapes. Does anyone else love grapes? Yeah, yeah, okay, lots of hands up. Yeah, yeah, I think grapes are brilliant. Um, does anybody know where grapes grow? Anyone want to throw up a hand? Tell me, where do grapes Dollar. grow? Dollar. <laughs> Got some enthusiasm over here. Yes, go ahead. On, a, on trees, yeah, they grow on kind of trees. In a, go ahead, Yeah on vines that's right that's right you were going to say the same yeah vines on a big grip big grape farm which they called a vineyard and it's got the vines kind of uh, grape trees if you like and that is where the grapes grow now we don't have them in this country Um, it's not warm enough sadly but if you were to go on holiday maybe to France or Spain or Germany you might find one and visit one, or if you might see one on the, on the TV, these great, great big grape farms, vineyards, with vines that grow grapes. And our question for this morning is, how can we be like that vineyard? How can we be really, really fruitful and produce loads and loads of really good fruit? Now, I don't mean fruit like uh, grapes and apples and pears and raisins, I mean a different kind of fruit. Fruit like the fruit of joy, when we're just so glad that for what Jesus has done for us. Or fruit like love for one another. Or fruit like uh, people, when other people come to know Jesus through us. Fruit like that, how can we grow and bear that kind of fruit? We'll put it another way, how can we be used by God and make a difference for him. Here's um, a book uh, that we have in our household, uh, Everyone a Child Should Know by Claire Heath-White. Parents, um, grandparents, it's a good one to get, particularly for four to seven-year-olds. Loads of stories of people who've been really used by God and have been fruitful for him. People like, uh, this is Gladys. Now, Gladys was very, very ordinary. She wasn't particularly clever or rich. Uh, She had an ordinary job. She cleaned and tidied in someone else's house. But she loved Jesus, and she wanted to go to China to tell people in China about Jesus. Now, people around her said, no, 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 you're too ordinary for that. But she went anyway, and she ran a hotel in the middle of nowhere in China and told Bible stories to the travelers. And then she worked for the Chinese government inspecting feet, which is a bit of a strange job. Uh, But she did it, and as she inspected people's feet, she told them about Jesus. She was greatly used by God, very, very fruitful for God. How can we be like her? Or how can we be like this guy? This guy is Brother Andrew. Um, He loved Jesus, he loved people. But in some places in the world, Bibles were banned, and it was against the law to follow Jesus. Uh, So what did he do? Well, time and time again, he stuffed his car full of Bibles to bring them, to sneak them to these people. He did it anyway. Very, very brave, and he was very, very fruitful for God. God used him greatly. How can we be like him? Now, I guess that for some of you, you might be thinking, look, tell me, tell me, I really want to know. I really want to be used by God. As you think about your life, there are, there are lots of different things that you want to do for sure. Maybe you think, you know, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a footballer, I want to be a doctor, but my, the, my biggest dream, the thing I want to be more than anything else is to be useful for God. Maybe that's how you're thinking. Maybe for others of you, you're thinking, well, just if I'm honest, that question, how can I be fruitful for God, it's not really my question at the moment. How can I get rich? Yes. How can I get everyone to like me? Yes, those are the questions I'm interested in. But if I'm honest, I'm not really too interested in being useful for God and fruitful for Him. But actually, this question, how can we be fruitful for God? It is a question that that ought to grab us. We really ought to want to know the answer to it. Because there's no one more important than God. Uh, There's no one higher. He's the one true living God. And to be used by Him is an amazing thing. It's actually why He's put us on the planet in the first place, that we might be fruitful for Him. So, how can we be fruitful for God? Well, first thing we need to see is that it is God who bears fruit in us. God is the one who bears fruit in us. God is the gardener. Uh, Jesus says here in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. My boys and girls, any of, you, uh, any of you done any planting over the last few months? Maybe potatoes or peas? You've done some planting? Brilliant. Potatoes or peas or carrots or maybe just flowers? You've been planting them in uh, the garden, perhaps? Well, God... Uh, in, in sending his son to earth, God planted. God planted a vine. It was Jesus, uh, this great plant. God the Father is the gardener. Jesus the Son is the vine whom God planted. What about Jesus' disciples, those who trust in him? What are they? Well, verse 5 tells us, Jesus says, I am the vine. My father is the gardener. I am the vine. You are the the branches. Anyone who believes in Jesus is a branch. God's the gardener, but he didn't just plant the vine. He also looks after it. And I want you to listen out to this verse, boys and girls, and tell me what are the two things that God does to look after his vine. And I'll give you a a clue When I read the verses, it's the words that I say the loudest, all right? So if you are any any doubt, listen out for the loud words, okay? Verse 2, speaking of God the gardener, God the Father the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Boys and girls, what does God the gardener do? What was the first thing that he does? Yeah. Brilliant. He cuts off the branches, the dead branches. So in on one hand, God has a saw um, to cut off uh, dead wood, uh, dead branches. That is, fake disciples. Uh, fake disciples, people who hung out with Jesus, who spent time with them perhaps, who looked like they were Jesus' friends, but they weren't Really? Fake disciples like Judas Iscariot, who at this very moment was selling Jesus to the religious authorities uh, for money. He had hung out with Jesus. He looked like he was Jesus' friend, but he wasn't. He really wasn't. He wasn't connected to Jesus in the first place. So there he is, God, the gardener. He has a saw in one hand. And then what's the other thing that God, the gardener, does to look after his vine. Shall I read the verse again? Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it'll be even more fruitful. Did anyone pick up what was, the, what was the other thing he does? Go ahead. Prunes. Excellent. Well done. And if you want to prune, you need these. These are called secateurs. If you can spell this word, you're doing really well. Pruning is uh, when a gardener prunes a, van, a, a branch, they don't cut off the whole branch. They just use these little secateurs, these little garden scissors to cut off little bits of the branch or little bits of leaves, little bits which are dying or not very fruitful to make space so that the branch can be even more fruitful. And that's what God the gardener does to fruitful disciples like the 11. The 11 disciples who trusted in Jesus, connected to him, they'd produced some good fruit already. But they're not perfect. God wants to prune them, to get the secateurs out, and to prune them, to gently teach and train them that they might be even more fruitful for him. So God plants the vine, he cuts off the dead wood, he prunes fruitful branches. He is the one who's the gardener, he is the one who bears fruit in us. Well, what does this mean? Well, it means that When you or I or we produce some good fruit for God, uh, maybe we see some people come uh, to know Jesus through us. Uh, Maybe we're marked by love for one another. Maybe we're really joyful and glad because of what Jesus has done. We've produced some good fruit. When that happens, we don't pat ourselves on the back. Well done us, well done me. And we don't say, look at me, I'm a fruitful branch, haven't I done well? No, we say, don't cheer for me, cheer the gardener. He's the one who bears fruit in us. Thank him, clap for him. God's the gardener. He's the one who bears fruit in us. And grown-ups, of course, we say that not out of false modesty or to be a good example to the children. We say that in full sincerity because that is just true. He is the one who bears fruit in us. But we still have a part to play. And this is the second thing we're going to be looking at. Because bearing fruit for God isn't like going to the hairdresser or dentist. Boys and girls, what happens? What do you do when you go to the hairdresser or the the dentist? What do you do? it's not a lot that you do do is it you just kind of you just kind of sit there don't you and all of the work gets done to you you got to keep your mouth open you have got to stay still but the work gets done to you that's not like what it is to bear fruit for God we still have a part to play what do we need to do I'm going to read the passage again Boys and girls, I want you to listen out for a little phrase that comes up again and again and again that tells us what we need to do. And again, I'm going to say it a little bit louder so that you're absolutely sure what it is. From verse 4, Jesus says, Remain in me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the, va- the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Boys and girls, what does Jesus say that we need to do? Did you get that little phrase? What is the, what is the thing that we need to do? Go ahead. Go ahead brilliant we need to trust absolutely right were you going to say something at the back trust brilliant yeah excellent and what was the little word that kept up coming on again and again yeah excellent well done absolutely right remain jesus says we need to remain in him god bears fruit in, fruit in us when we remain in jesus what does that mean Well, when we first trust in Jesus and we first say sorry for our sins and we start to follow him and obey him, we get connected to Jesus. God connects us to Jesus. We become a branch on Jesus the vine. What does it mean to remain in Jesus? To remain means to stay put, to sit tight, to not go anywhere. It means to keep trusting Like you girls were saying, it means to keep trusting, to keep obeying him, to keep saying sorry when we sin, to keep being his friend, to keep growing as a Christian, to keep learning about what it means to follow him. So boys and girls, thumbs up or thumbs down? If I trust in Jesus, but then I I give up being friends with him, am I remaining in him? Thumbs up or thumbs down? What do you think? Yeah, thumbs down, well done, that's right, that's not remaining. It means to keep trusting, to keep being his friends. Or if I trust in Jesus, but then I give up obeying, and I stop saying sorry for the bad things I do, and I stop praying, and I stop learning about him, am I remaining? What do you think, thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah, thumbs down, that's not remaining. To remain means to keep trusting, to keep obeying, to keep being friends with Jesus. Now, here's the thing. To bear fruit for God, we simply must remain in Jesus. We simply must remain. Verse 4, Jesus says, no, br- no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, boys and girls grown If you think of this as Jesus, the vine, going right up to, up to the top to the bottom, and this is the branch, people who are trusting in Jesus, uh, for this branch here uh, to bear fruit, it just has to stay connected to the vine because, of course, it gets all of its water and nutrients and sap from the vine. If we take this branch away from the vine... It doesn't matter if you give it the right amount of temperature or expose it to the right amount of light. This branch by itself is not gonna produce any fruit. It has to stay connected to the vine to produce any more leaves and more fruit. And that's the that's same for us. If we stop remaining in Jesus, if we give up trusting in him or trying to obey him and saying sorry when we sin and being his friend, it doesn't matter what else we do, we simply will not produce any fruit for God at all. What a shame that would be. You know, to bear fruit for God, we must remain in Jesus. But there's one final thing we need to see as well. And this is wonderful. And this is, if we do remain in Jesus, we will produce fruit. Last summer, we bought a raspberry plant, which looked a bit like this one. Now, the man at the shop uh, said to us, all you need to do is just follow the instructions, and hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe with a bit of luck, hopefully, perhaps, it might bear some fruit. Well, it didn't, Um, and we had to bring it back and get another one. Producing fruit for God though, isn't like that. It's not the case that if we remain in Jesus, we might bear fruit. Hopefully, with a bit of luck. Perhaps, maybe, if everything else works together. No, listen again to what Jesus says. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So that's the second word we need to see. Jesus says, you will bear much fruit. Do you see how certain Jesus is? This isn't, this isn't hopefully, maybe fingers crossed. It's a certain promise. And of course, God always keeps his, his promises. If we remain in Jesus, we are guaranteed to produce fruit. It's inevitable. It is sure. It is certain. And just as we close, that just means that whoever we are, if we're trusting in Jesus... We can be fruitful for God. You don't have to be really clever. Although, boys and girls, I know, of course, that all of you are. You don't have to be old and grown up. You don't have to have a loud voice. You don't need to be sporty or cool. You don't need to be the most popular kid in the neighborhood. Whoever we are, whatever our personality, whatever we're good at or not so good at, wherever God has put us, we can be used by Him and produce lots of, lots of fruit in his service, love for one another, joy, other people coming to know the Lord Jesus. We can produce lots of fruit in his service if we remain in Jesus. Boys and girls, so final 30 seconds, just as we close. I wrote a poem for you. Um, it's certainly not going to win any prizes. It took me a long time to write, and it's only four sentences long. But it's straight out of John 15, and I really mean this. Here's my poem for you as as we finish. You don't need to be sporty or cool. You don't need to have a big brain. To be used by God and be fruitful to Him, all you need is in Christ to remain. There we go. You don't need to be sporty or cool. You don't need to have a big brain. To be used by God and be fruitful for Him, all you need is in Christ to remain. Let's all pray that we might be those who remain in Christ and bear fruit for him. Let's pray.